Hello. So this is going to be a podcast on the fly. I am not a professional at this, as you can tell. However, a lot of things need to come out in my life. And the people that are doing the narrative are doing a false narrative. So I'm taking control of my life. And I want you to hear from an actual real person what what my life has been like. I hope this podcast will cover growing up as an adopted child into a racist family. So growing up as a child of color and being adopted into a very racist family. Um, also, I, I really want to cover Julie Zacker. Julie Zacker is the biological daughter of the woman who adopted me. Now, Julie Zacker is in her 70s, and she was in her late 20s, early 30s when I was adopted as a baby. I was adopted at three days old, and Julie Zacker was, well, she had been married and divorced at least four dozen times at that point, and she had so many last names that she decided to take the Spanish last name and give it to her children, Zamora. So I don't know why that she picked that name. There are so many men in her life. I honestly don't know who Linda and Bobby's father really are. Neither did my parents. They, My dad, one of his last thing he says is, I honestly don't know who the parents of Bobby and Linda are. <laughs> I love my father so much. So he didn't know because Julie was a whore. She's still a hoe. Um, he didn't know my dad, my little 86-year-old dad, who was actively passing away at the time, was questioning the paternity. <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyhow, um, you'll learn about Julie Zacker. She's a complete psychopath. And you'll, you'll learn about uh, her children. And her brother, Gary Wickman, who's also another psychopath, and who brought about two dozen children into this world, and they're all weird, trust me. Now, these kids, um, this is funny, this is just like a preview of everything you guys are going to hear. You're going to hear about growing up in Carmichael and Mather Air Force Base. You're going to hear about growing up and spending time with my Aunt Margie and my Uncle Vernon, who molested me, along with a couple other cousins of mine. Um, you're going to hear about him and about he escaped all of his craziness um, in his life. You're going to hear about my journey through my life and how much my children are my soul and how it just made me feel like I just wanted to die when I was so young. You know, we all have a starter marriage. We all do. We all marry our high school sweetheart. Well, 90% of us do. We 
back in the 80s and 70s and 60s, of course, but back in the 80s, it was really popular to have a great big old Princess Diana style marriage to your high school sweetheart because the Princess Diana was 19 when she became a princess. Then every girl in Lassen County wanted to be Princess Diana. So that was the thing. Marry your high school sweetheart, have a big old honkin' wedding, and then everything turns out perfect. Well, I actually went back to one of my class reunions. Trust me, things don't turn out perfectly 10 years later. Oh, oh, you're going to hear about Central California Women's Facility because I was in there. I was sentenced to a period of five years, eight months, thanks to Julie Zacker and the very corrupt Lassen County Sheriff's Department. Um, oh, and the Susanville Police Department. Oh, gosh, they're so corrupt. I was actually dating the, the DA, like the actual district attorney, Bobby Burns, of Lassen County, when this man um, prosecuted me for, for the stupidest, silliest reasons now. I had a parole, no, a probation officer who was best friends with Julie Zacker, my nemesis who was obsessed with me. And this um, probation officer, she was as crooked as it come. Her, I think her name was Diane. I'm not sure. But she was so crooked. You can probably look at my court records and find out who she is. But she was just absolutely evil and crooked. I can tell you, oh my gosh, well, let's just start. Let's start. I, um, my name is Kim, obviously. I wanted to be in the Air Force, just like my father, so badly. And you're going to have to excuse my voice right now because I had some work, some surgery done on my mouth, and it's a little swollen still. But I wanted to get this up and going, um... Because there's so much of a narrative going on about my life that I need to take control about of, over it. I just do. So here it goes. Um, I was born in 1968, and I was adopted. My dad adopted me. He wanted a little dark-haired, dark-skinned child that looked just like him. My father was Scottish. My adopted father was Scottish, so and pure Scottish. His mother was Scottish, his father was Scottish, everybody's Scottish. They were all from Inverness, Scotland, and Edinburgh. Um, we uh, lived in Carmichael. My father was career military. I'm sure you guys want to hear the juicy stuff, but just to give you a beginning, this is our beginning. My parents, Jody and Donald, um, adopted a, at the time he was adopted, he was 22 months, my brother Don. And from birth to 22 months, he stayed in a locked crib, like cage. And he had no affection, no touch, no nothing. No one wanted to adopt him. He stayed that way for nearly two years. Just, And he learned to self-soothe. He learned to like rock himself back and forth for comfort. And 
Along came this unsuspecting couple, Don and Jody, and they want a son. And they, the adoption agency pawns off this child onto them, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy that looks exactly like Jody, my adopted mother, who is a hoe. <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, Julie, your mother was a whore. Just putting it out there. The world needs to know she's a whore. Okay. Well, she was a whore. She's dead now. Now she's a dead whore. Um, let's see. And you have to think, what can cause a child? What was done to this child, me, that would cause someone to literally not even want to mention the name of the person who adopted, one of the people who adopted her? Like... That's insane. What kind of abuse had to go on? A lot of it, let me tell you, a lot of abuse went on for me not to even want to mention the name of the woman who adopted me, for me not even want to be related to my brother. Thank God that I'm not. So much abuse went on. Like my brother, when he... It started when he was 10. That boy started beating the shit out of me? His friends? Let's see. When he was 12 or 13, he broke uh, Jody, my biological mother's ribs, by just beating the heck out of her. He threw my father, who was a six foot one, six foot two presence of a man. He threw him, knocked him, because he couldn't punch him. He couldn't knock him over, so he pushed him. Oh, pussy-ass move. He pushed him into the fish pond. Now, my dad could have been hurt. He could have cracked his head. He could have done anything. But this is what Don McCarty Jr., yep, humble California, if you're listening, Don McCarty Jr. works for your school department. And just letting you know, he's the one who's uh, programming all the shit for your children to learn. I grew up with this man. He is not anyone you want around your children. Trust me. Dear God. Anyway, one thing my brother did do was he liked taking... My dad made over several hundred films of of um, us being babies growing up. My dad was a photographer. My brother got a hold of these, this camera and these films and recorded child porn over it. And I want to say that in all honesty because the proof is there. Linda Zamora, which, her, let's see, what is her last name now? It's Linda Marie Zamora Wilson. And the reason she used Linda Zamora when she went into the Air Force was so that she could get on the affirmative action thing. Oh, trust me. Nothing about this family is true. Nothing. I, I'm, I'm serious. Nothing about, nothing about the Zacker family is true. And the fact that Edward Zacker hasn't put himself into an early grave on purpose instead of in, in, instead of just living with all this bullshit that his wife causes. I don't know, but I do hear he is a heavy drinker now, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Donnie, my brother, started making child porn. And I don't say that in jest. I say that because he, he uh, filmed me. 
He filmed me and our neighbor, um, my best friend across the street. And he filmed us and he had us doing poses and you thought we were doing gymnastic performances for him, but we weren't. He was filming every single place. He wasn't supposed to be filming. So at 13, 12, 13, he was a bona fide um, assault. He was a bona fide criminal. Like he was smoking weed, doing dope, doing drugs, beating up our parents, beating the shit out of me. Filming child porn on me and my neighbor, my best friend. I mean, this, my brother is insane and out of control. Okay? He just is. And this is my, my right and my ability to say that. I've had to deal with so much shit in my life. I'm 53 right now and I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. So here it all comes. This is like shit spew. This is all the dangerous crap that your mind remembers after 53 years, and you have to process it out. So now that I'm in therapy and am processing all this crap out, it's easier to talk about. And I'm talking with you today with my puppy. She's right here. Her name is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She's a good girl. Oh, she's such a good girl. Oh, she's so good. Sarah is my emotional support pet, and I just love her to death. Okay, so what you're going to hear about in this podcast, you're going to hear about Don and Jody McCarty. Don and Jody McCarty adopted me. Donald Alexander McCarty Sr. is my hero, even though he passed away. He will always be my hero. He will always be my daddy. Margaret, Aunt Margie, Beck, Margaret Beck, I consider her and my grandmother, Elizabeth, to be my mothers. I mean, my mother didn't show me anything growing up. I didn't know how to boil an egg. Dear God, she was too busy taking belly dancing lessons and performing for men's bachelor parties. Not joking. Oh, my God. So, I am excited. It's coming up on 15 minutes. You've been listening. I'm excited that we're going to do this podcast. I'm excited to just tell you all about my life. And... Yeah, I'm going to be naming names. I'm going to be naming all the names who sexually assaulted me when I was in the pol- in the law enforcement career of my life. Let's see, there's Chief Tao, David Tao out of Jacksonville, Oregon. He sexually s- assaulted me. Who else? Um, he was just a little baby. He just become chief at that point, but he sexually assaulted me, and then he kicked me out of their um, reserve program because he sexually assaulted me and then kicked me out. First, he accepted me, sexually assaulted me, and then got rid of me and said, and you know what his excuse was? The postage date stamp on my um, application was 
an hour or two later than the other applicant, the other female applicant that um, he picked. I mean, Chief Tao, Chief David Tao, <laughs> he, he is a bad cop. He is one, one instance of a really, really, really bad cop. Eagle, is it Eagle City? Well, I think it's Eagle, but it's in Oregon. Let me look this up. It's Eagle City or it's Eagle something, but let's look in Oregon. Hang on. I'm checking the internet right now. <laughs> but their police department, I originally wanted to go to their police department. I think it's Eagle City, Oregon. Eagle City. I think, yep, Oregon. I think it's Oregon. Uh, Eagle City. Oh, no, that's Alaska. Well, anyway, I was in a sworn law enforcement position in... um. In Gold Hill, Oregon, and was sworn in by their judge there. Um, I guess I I see all of these other women being able to talk about. Oh, it's Eagle Point, Eagle Point, Oregon. Okay, that's where it is, Eagle Point. So I. Started there and, um, oh God, their chief of police, they had a band. The chief of police and a few other um, gentlemen had a band. And it was a bunch of law enforcement officers, I guess. But um, this guy, uh, the chief of police, I thought he was a fatherly figure, right? Was I so fucking wrong? Oh my gosh. This guy, I thought we were going out shooting one day. I truly did. He he brings he puts me in his truck. Now this truck is like a fifty thousand dollar truck, and this is back in the day, so it's a nice ass truck. And I thought we were going out shooting. I thought he was going to help me. I honestly thought he was going to help me qualify for my um, surgical shooting which I needed to qualify for. And I'm a really good shot, by the way. Um, he took me up into the middle of nowhere. It was up this mountain logging road. And he literally shoved my head down into his crotch. And he said, you know what you're here for. I'm not joking. I was a mother at this time. I'm a mother of three small children. I'm trying to do this and still be married. I know my marriage is going to come to an end very soon because my husband at the time knocked up Paula, his secretary. And so you can't keep a marriage when that happens. So I'm trying to figure out how to make a career. I couldn't be in the Air Force because I had children. And at that time, it was an act of war going on, Desert Storm. And the recruiter told my father and I, she's a single mother. We don't, we don't accept single parents. I don't know if they do now, but at that time, they didn't. We don't accept single parents because if you get called up to active duty, what is going to happen to your children? So that is why. So my next, my next, um, my father and I decided that the next opportunity would be law enforcement. He actually thought of that 
And he said, I think that's just the best way for you to go if we can't get you into the military. Well, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a forensic investigator. But to be a forensic investigator, you got to kind of be a cop. And to be a cop, you got to go through the academy. And when you are in the academy, I have dyslexia, so it wasn't the best for me. And you're literally one of two, maybe three women, females, in an academy of several hundred men who don't want you there, who think you're there for their pleasure, who only want you for something other than being a cop. Ah, gosh, I was so happy when Katie Hollenbow, Chief Hollenbow, Katie Hollenbow of Gold Hill Police, wanted us, wanted me. She and I thought, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be where I flourish. I have a female police chief, and she's black, and she is a modern woman, and she is going to help me every single possible way she can. That did not happen. Trust me. I I tried. I tried. I went to go see a female officer in the Medford Police Department. She was so cool. She showed me how an actual female police officer should maintain. Now, Katie was all about beauty. She sold Mary Kay on the side. She told me a female officer should absolutely retain her femininity. So I was caught between, am I supposed to be beautiful or am I supposed to be a good cop? What the fuck am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be? So no one was telling me. And at that point, here we go again, Julie Zacker, my wonderful, uh, uh, the daughter of and she tells people, oh, she's my sister. This woman is not in any way related to me. So if you are one of the people Julie Zacker has told, Kim is my sister. She has lied to you and you fell for a lie and you bought it. I'm sorry. She's not my sister. But anyhow, um, Julie got involved with my divorce, even though Kevin the father of my children, and we were married for only about five minutes, even though Kevin was arrested for, uh, let's see, attempted murder, assault, three. Um, well, he tried to kill me. He tried to kill me. And he he was arrested. Oh, my, and the arresting officer, Randy Pryor, he was a sergeant in the Ashland Police Department. He gave my daughter Shelby a bear, which Shelby eventually named Randy Bear because the cop's name was Randy. My ex-husband, the father of my children, and I can't say anything bad about Kevin because A, when Kevin and I met, we weren't looking to marry anyone. We just wanted to have a good time. He was good looking. I was super hot. Um, he had a nice motorcycle. That basically explains the, the depth of our relationship. I ended up getting knocked up. And of course, which, you know, the father calls up the 
man and says, what are you going to do about this? Okay, I'm going to be making my dog's dog food while I'm talking. So anyhow, um, Kevin and I have a wonderful shotgun wedding, but but I can't say it was all bad because it brought me my son, my beautiful son, Christopher, and gave me my gorgeous baby, Shelby, and my, like, Julie Zacker and Linda had already poisoned Savannah, my beautiful, my beautiful, beautiful daughter, against me. Now, you got to picture Savannah. Savannah is so beautiful, and the... And one of the reasons she is so beautiful is because she's one of those exotic-like women. She is, she has my blood, which is African-American, Latino, and, and European, and she's German. So she has this flawless skin, beautiful hair, amazing eyes. She's tall. She's statuesque. She's absolutely gorgeous. Her father was absolutely gorgeous. Um, Savannah and Shelby have different dads. I had Savannah when I was quite young. I was hoping that I could raise her to be my little buddy. So I guess to round this up at a good half hour um we're going to be talking about me and my whole narrative of what actually has happened in my life and we're going to be talking about julie zacker the woman who has stalked me for over 40 years we're going to be talking about how she deprived a lot of people of life Liberty, we're going to be talking about how corrupt Lassen County is. We're going to be talking about how corrupt the law enforcement officers are. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. And I hope you stick around for all of this because I, unlike a lot of authors, I am very sure and very adamant about what I went through and to prove that it's not lies and that it's not just hearsay, I'll be naming names and very specific people and specific incidents that could only have gone on if I was there and saw it happen. So I hope you turn in, tune in, turn in. <laughs> I hope you tune in and I hope we can just I'll get one good laugh and also learn some things about, oh, you have to excuse me. I'm having my chai tea because my throat is getting sore from talking this much. Um, so I, I'm so glad you're listening because if you are, chances are you've gone through abuse. You've gone through domestic violence. You've gone through stalking. You've gone through all of the issues that we are going to be processing through. And if you need to process your stuff with me, I welcome you to. My therapist says that just talking it out is so good. So that's what we're going to be doing. I am 
really excited about this podcast. Yes, there's a lot for me to learn. And this is a horrible first episode, but it's the truth. And you will get the truth from this podcast every single week. So God bless you and may he keep you well and safe. And hopefully this is the beginning of a long friendship. Bye, guys.